podcast listeners. I'm Jill McCormick. And I'm Robin Wall. And this is Afraid Not Podcast. Thanks for listening today. We're so glad you're here. And this is episode number 56, in which we... 57. Oh, I think I did that last time too, Jill. 57. (laughs) And we're so glad it's episode 57. (laughs) And our guest today is Dana Rizzo. Dana is a wife and a mother and a grandmother, and she leads ladies' Bible study at our church, and she's going to talk about a time that things got frayed and very, very scary with her health. And a sweet background story of just a little insight into how special the family is to our family. When 2012, my family and I were praying about coming to First Baptist Owasso for my husband Chris to consider and their church, First Baptist Owasso, asked Rob Rizzo, Dana's husband, to be the chairman of the pastor church team. And they led their team, he led their team through intense prayer times for months and a very heartfelt search. And Rob was the main connection with, well, one of the main connections with Chris. And he spent many hours on the phone talking and praying about what the Lord would be doing if, if God was leading our family. And he was leading our family, and Rob was a sweetheart, and Rob and Dana were a welcoming group to us when we first started at First Baptist Owasso, and so what a sweet moment to kind of think about that, in 2012, the beginning of this paths cross, and I didn't even know Dana's story at that time, but all of you listeners are about to hear such an amazing story, truly a miracle story of God working in Dana's life. That was a little backstory of how special the family is to us. And also, Happy New Year! Happy New Year! It's 2021! We're done with 2020, finally! Oh, can I get an amen? You hated 2020. I mean, really. (laughs) (laughs) It's behind us, everybody. (laughs) We hope you guys have a great starting out of 2021. And you started out well by listening to our show. That's right. Enjoy listening (laughs) in, and here we go. Hi, Dana. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. We are happy to have you. Welcome to Afraid Not, and we're excited to just hear about your life and your story. And would you start our conversation today with introducing yourself to our listeners? Okay. Well, I'm Dana Rizzo, and uh, do you need me to tell you a little bit about myself or my family or? Yeah, just all of it. Okay. All right. Well, I'm married to Rob. We've been married um, 37 years. Um, We have three children. We have um, Sarah and Tristan and Alex. They're all married. We have four wonderful, beautiful grandchildren. Abigail, Asher, Aiden, and Adeline. Um, Can I just interrupt and tell you, oh my goodness, your grandchildren are stunningly beautiful. They are so precious. They are the cutest little grandchildren. Oh my goodness. Continue. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like to brag, but they are pretty pretty stunning, if you ask me. (laughs) And very smart as well. So... um, but they are just such a joy and a blessing. And, and we're hoping that in the future we get many more that'll be just as beautiful and wonderful. And uh, we just feel very blessed to have 
we've lived in this in Owasso for about 20 years um, in the same home and uh, all our children are close. Um, one's in Collinsville, one, one is in Owasso and one's in Broken Arrow. So we don't have to travel far to, to see. We have family dinners about every other Sunday. So it's just a wonderful time in our lives and we just feel extremely blessed. Oh, that's so awesome. And I know that you are involved in ministry at church. Tell us about how you serve on the women's team. Tell us what you do and with your involvement with that. Okay. Um, I lead ladies Bible study. Um, and it's just, it's a wonderful, wonderful ministry. I'm so happy to be part of that. Um, I've been involved in ladies Bible study for, for many, many years. Uh, I stepped out for a little while um, and then got back in and uh, was offered a leadership position. And I have just enjoyed that so much trying to, you know, find studies and lead women and, and make it more available for women. Um, and uh, it's been, it's been a little difficult this year. <laughs> We, I, uh, we, I can't imagine why <laughs> I ever say yes. <laughs> but the wonderful part about that is there are still ways to meet. We've done Zoom meetings. We've done in-person, smaller groups. Um, so we, we've tried to be unstoppable. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's been one of the best parts. That's great. I love that. So tell us about how you and Rob met. Well, Rob and I met um, when he went out with my best friend. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> okay, you have to tell that story. <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, she invited him to a Collinsville football game, and I was there, and our little group of friends went out one evening, and uh, I was kind of like, this guy really isn't her type. He's kind of my type, but oh, well, okay. So um, anyway, shortly after that, they broke up and she called me and she said, you know, Rob's a nice guy, but he's not my type. He's kind of your type. So <laughs> what if you come visit me and, and, and let's see if we can work that out. What's What's kind of neat is he kind of thought the same. When he saw me, he was kind of like, well, she's kind of more my type than Terry is. So anyway, so we started, we hung out that weekend. And actually, it was like the longest date in history. It was a OSU-OU football game at OSU. Um, and yes, we're Cowboys. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> always says when people say they wrote he's like that's okay we have a lot of osu fan listeners that are definitely very happy you say go pokes so go pokes yep they're the best <laughs> <laughs> loyal and true there you go so um anyway we went to the we went to the game and terry went with us his dad came with us um so he and his dad sat in the front seat uh, my parents didn't introduce themselves to his dad because they thought he was his brother um, yeah, it was kind of, it was kind of funny. Um, and then Terry and I sat in the back seat. 
his dad and I connected and talked almost the whole way there and then talked all the way home. I sat in the back seat and leaned over the back seat and talked to his dad all the way home. <laughs> and uh, then his dad was like, well, Rob, why don't you take me on to Bartlesville and, and then you and Dana go, because I know Dana has a group that's meeting in Tulsa. And so, which was kind of, I guess, not like his dad, but so we went to Bartlesville. I met his mom and his sister, and then we drove back to Tulsa and met our youth group and had dinner at Casa Bonita and then went skating at the skating rink in Owasso. Oh, and then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dana, this is all one day? It's all one day. Yes. You are not kidding. That is an amazing first long date. That is amazing. <laughs> wow. And the well, whole family, you got hit it off with the whole family. Yes. We just, so it was just fun all the way around. And then he called me when he got home and we talked for a long time after that. So wow. it was, uh, and the rest is kind of history. So and 37 years is definitely something to celebrate and to rejoice in. I love it that God's given you all 37 years and how, no, how many more we'll see. And it's exciting to think about that. Just a lifetime of love. What a great example that you and Rob have led. And especially in light of what you're going to share in the next few minutes, it just means that the value of that just is so beautiful. And um, I, I think that you and Rob have a beautiful example for all of us to see and to um, learn from in our marriages. So it's a pretty sweet thing. And you got your best friend's blessing because she set you up. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> and she was maid of honor in my wedding. So. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, how were you introduced to Christ? Did you grow up in a Christian home? Did you know about Jesus as a young child or did you come to him later? I, I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, I came from a family of faith. Um, my, uh, we went to, uh, my grandmother was a charter member of our church. Um, Baptist Owasso? No, she was a charter member of Sheridan Road Baptist Church. Okay. It was in Tulsa. I grew up in Tulsa. And uh, I was eight years old. And I, uh, I felt the calling at church. Um, when our, our pastor was preaching about hell and, and sinners, and I knew I was one. And uh, so I wanted to go down on a Sunday morning and uh, we were singing and I, I pulled on my dad's coat to tell him I wanted to go down. And when he looked down at me, he was singing, fear not, I am with thee. And then he sang, peace be still. And I thought he said, please be still. <laughs> and so I did I got still and so the rest of the week I didn't really say anything but that's following Sunday morning I went to my mom and I said I just feel like I need Jesus in my heart so she sat with me and led me down the Roman road and I prayed to receive Jesus in my heart and that was Father's Day uh, of 1969 and that's how I got to wake up my dad that morning is happy father's day I have Jesus in my heart 
he let me go down that Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) Such a sweet story. And also the, the kind of the funny irony about that little moment when you thought your dad was saying, please be still, is in that song, Jesus, Jesus, the sweetest name I know. And you're thinking, my dad won't let me. You just won't let me. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jesus. My dad said no. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, Dana, we um, we are aware that God's brought you through some pretty serious times of trial, and we would be honored if you would share with us and our listeners about your afraid not and the time that you've um, selected to talk about of what God brought you through. Okay. Well, um, a little over 11 years ago, it was almost, uh, it on February 24th, it will be 12 years. Um, my son-in-law had come home from, he wasn't my son-in-law then. Um, but he had come home from Iraq on leave and we celebrated that night that he was home and And, uh, so everybody, Sarah and David left, um, to spend some time together and everybody was going to bed. It was a school night and, uh, um, I was, Rob was already in bed. The kids were, the other two kids were getting there. Tristan was brushing her teeth and I was gathering up cups and things. And Tristan heard the cups fall in the entry hall and looked down and I had collapsed. Oh, scary. Um, and so she ran down, she woke up Rob and he started CPR on me um, because I was not breathing or moving. Um, so he started CPR, she called 911. Um, I was put on a machine that would that was trying to start my heart and then was pumping to continue CPR um, and um, taken to the hospital. When the paramedics and when the paramedics left, they told Rob that they were sorry they'd done everything that they could do. Oh, no. Um, and, and I was still alive, but it was, it was, they were doing all they could do. Um, and then I was taking Rob think at that moment, my wife is dying right then. Yes. Yes. And was, he was actually told, um, three times that same statement. Um, one by the paramedics, one by the hospital staff. And that was the one my children heard. And they thought that, I was already gone, um, but I wasn't. They lifelighted me to, to St. Francis in Tulsa. Um, and they, uh, they put me in a drug-induced coma. So all this is kind of a story to me. I don't remember any of it. Um, Do you but, remember the moments before you collapsed? Do you remember starting to think something's wrong with me or I feel something weird? No, I remember nothing. Um, I don't, I don't really remember, uh, much of the month of December. Uh, no, I mean, February, sorry. 
even even the weeks before your accident, it just kind of got wiped away. Right, right from 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 the coma that they put me in. It's kind of I describe it like they lifted a piece of my life out of my head, oh. and and I lived it, but I didn't experience it. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I what I'm telling you has has been told to me over over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, so once I was life lighted and put in this coma, um, many people from our church gathered around and and prayed and and sat with me. Um, my husband sat at my bedside and prayed almost constantly um, and was surrounded by loved ones to support him. And one evening, um, he was brought into a room and was told that there was uh, not much more they could do, um, that they felt like there was brain damage and that I wasn't responding and that the next morning when he came back to the hospital they encouraged him to go home and the next day he needed to make a decision as to whether or not to continue life support wow and can i ask a question when this happened you didn't even your family didn't even know exactly what happened and and this was how many days or did they know even the first day what the diagnosis was of what your attack had been what happened they 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 knew it had to do with the heart um and i believe they did know that it was a sudden cardiac arrest mm-hmm. um how many days were you in the coma uh I can't remember. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think it was three to five. I, I, okay. I'm sorry. That's not part of the memory that I really remember. That's okay. We want to hear whatever you have to tell us. So go ahead. So anyway, um, Rob went back out to the people that were there and told them what the doctors had said. Um, again, they encouraged him to, to, uh, bring our children home, let them sleep in their own beds, um, and to rest. And, uh, they prayed over him and he said, I'm going to go tell Dana goodbye. And they were at that time, they were starting to pull me off of, of certain things. Um, so he came in, he kissed me on the forehead and he said, I love you. And I opened my eyes and looked at him and said, I love you too. Oh my, oh my goodness. goodness. <laughs> and he went out and said, I think she's going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> Did they look at him like, what are you talking about? Yeah, because that was the first response they'd had from me for, uh, for a while. And so, um, Miracle. He came home, he slept. He said, I don't even remember, remember hitting the pillow. Um, I woke up in my clothes on top of the covers and I went, he said, I got ready. I went back to the hospital. And when he came back to the hospital, I was going, where's Rob? Why is Rob not here? Rob's <laughs> wow. to and um, that's when they decided that it was, uh, they would put in, a defibrillator to control my heart rate because I guess my heart rate had gone so fast that it had, had stopped my heart. 
which caused the sudden cardiac arrest. Mm -hmm. um, so I've had um, the defibrillator for all this time. It's only gone off once. If it never goes off again, it's okay. Um, and the everything has just gone really well with my health. Um, it's my electrical system in my heart. There was no heart damage of any kind. Um, so the defibrillator control, controls the uh, electrical currents in my heart. So when they go too fast, it'll send a signal to slow it down. And that's how I stay alive. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so well, do you remember that part? Do you remember him kissing you on the forehead and saying, I love you? No, I don't. I don't. I don't have any recollection until after they put the defibrillator in. And uh, it was, uh, it was in the hospital room and, and they had this brick like thing on my chest and I didn't know what it was and nobody could really answer what it was. So being the wonderful patient that I am, I would take it off and hide it behind my back because it hurt. <laughs> and then when someone would come in, I'd put it back on. It was to keep the defibrillator in place, I found out later. So, um, but that's the first recollection I have in coming, in coming home and, and things like that. Um, I, I, I really have no memory of going to the hospital I have had one helicopter ride and I don't even remember it. So um, anyway, it, it, uh, it's after that, after coming home, I have full memory, but I have nothing uh, about a week before uh, the cardiac arrest. And then um, after I came home, then everything has gone back to normal. Tell us about how the, all the things that you just described, the physical journey, what were the, the spiritual steps that were at the same time happening? Were you in a time of questioning or of, of being feeling um, questions that you were asking God or, or peace or what were the things going on for you and also for your family members during this season? What a an crazy time for you all. Right. Well, uh, my, my faith dropped like a rock. Hmm. Um, now Rob's was probably some of the, the strongest faith he's ever experienced. Actually, when Rob was doing CPR over me, he was um, praying scripture and, and saying blessings, praising God while he was doing CPR. I found that out later too. Um, and he didn't even know he was doing it because he had taught a lesson the Sunday before. And he said, if God never chooses to bless you again, is he still worthy? is he still worth praising? And as, so as he's doing CPR, he was, he was praising God. Mm. Um, and my reaction was not so great though. I had, I had recently lost a very good friend of mine 
And so bitterness and anger, I, I couldn't drive. Um, I, I, there were a lot of things that I was told I couldn't do. Everybody was telling me what to do and controlling my life. And I wasn't used to that. I didn't like that. And so uh, I, went, I went into a very deep and dark depression, a dark place. Um, but everyone around me continued to pray for me, encourage me. And one of the things that, that brought me back into a, a better relationship was returning to ladies Bible study. So now that I get to lead it, that makes it even more special because it was, it was one of those things that began to ignite my heart and my, my desire to be near him again. Mm. That's pretty sweet how the, the ministry that God used to bring you back close to him is now what you're passionate about and what you're leading. Exactly. It's a pretty sweet full circle. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's amazing. So as you are in this dark place, what is Rob doing? Rob is continuing to pray. He's encouraging me. He's, he's telling me certain stories and, and saying, you know, Dana, you don't understand this has happened and this has happened and this is what God has done. And, um, I, I began to, to claim it and understand it. Um, and that's when I began to say, okay, well, I have to accept this because it is what God has chosen. I am alive. Um, I'm thankful for that. And in that I got to see my daughter get married. Um, that same year. Um, and I, I, I began to look at the blessings that not only I was receiving, but my children were receiving because I was still there. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, they would just encourage me. And uh, a lot of people had, were praying for me. Um, did it take uh, you a while before you wanted to talk to God? before you wanted to pray to him or read his word, but did you put a wall up for a while? I did. I put up a big wall. Um, I would stay in my room. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to do anything. Um, I, I, I didn't receive people very well either. Um, and finally there were two people that were just persistent and just continued to call. And finally I let them come over and, um, that kind of, as I began to be able to drive and, and understand a little bit more about what had happened and what was going on, then, um, and I miss church and I miss people because I'm a people person. And I thought, this is kind of ridiculous that you're wallowing in this self-pity. And, you know, we've walked through a difficult time before. Rob and I lost our first child. Um, to a to a muscular disorder, and she spent she spent eight months in in the uh, NICU at St. Francis. Oh and my goodness! God walked. I mean, God carried me through that time, and I, so I thought, if you if He could carry you through that, why are you so bitter towards Him now? It it's 
Well, it sounds like you are the kind of person that you like to take care of other people and be in the mix of things and then to not be able to do certain things and have other people trying to take care of you. That's, that's a hard reversal in your head. Yeah, it is. It is. It's when, when you're a little bit controlling and you have no control right? Um, and, and everything just seems out of order, you know, mm -hmm. and it's, it's not fun to be a 40 some odd late 40 year old woman and your kids driving you around and being told what to do and when to do right. it. And right. Don't do this and don't do that. <laughs> yeah, no, I trust me. I get it. When I, I had to be on bed rest with Quinn and that during that time, people telling me to stay down and not let me do things. I was, I was, I was kind of getting mad too. Like mm -hmm. I can do stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so I get it. I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's okay to tell other people what to do, but it's really not okay to be told what to do. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of the things that now, here it is, almost 12 years, down the road later, and now when you're looking back at the events you lived through, what are some of the big picture takeaways that you see? And maybe you see them even more clearly now that distance has happened between when it happened. But what are some of the things that you learned about the Lord? Some of the things he did in you that you see how his blessings never stopped? Well, I, first and foremost, he's faithful. Mm -hmm. um, always faithful. Always has the best for me, whether I see that or not, um, I, I needed a wake up call and I, I needed a, a time to, even though I was angry towards him, it brought me to a place where I saw things differently in life. Um, I, I, I didn't judge people quite as hard. It brought me to a place where I depended on him more because I had lost control. Mm -hmm. And, um, as I slowly began to get control back, um, I knew that I needed to give more time to him and do more things for him and put him as a greater priority in my life. Mm -hmm. So it just, it brought me to a closer place with him with the encouragement of family and friends and Bible studies and, and things like that. Um, it, it just opened a new line of communication mm -hmm. for me um, and made me look at life a little bit differently and, and understand how truly blessed I am and the gift that I was given of, of not only life, but life again, you know? What are some of the ups and downs that you and Rob have experienced since that coming home from the hospital after your cardiac arrest? Cause I'm sure that it wasn't all just perfect, you know, unicorns and rainbows in your marriage <laughs> after something like that. <laughs> well, he had to, he had to make some adjustments. He had to get kids ready for school. He had to take care of meals. He had to do meal planning. He had to take over the finances again, which was, that was an amazing thing because I am a, a spender and, and 
we just weren't in a great financial place and he had to, he discovered that the hard way, but he picked that up and he took care of that and it took a load and a responsibility off of me and gave it back to him. And, and that was probably one of the better things that happened. Um, it taught him more about leadership. It also um, showed our kids um, what true love looks like. Mm -hmm. um, and it taught me that too. Um, because he literally breathed life back into me. And uh, that's a gift that not many people get. <laughs> Nobody probably gets. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we had some difficult times. We, we've had words, of course, but we've always been able to, to walk through it. And it just put us in a better place in our relationship and, and uh, um, brought us to a place where we have a, a, a deeper understanding of each other. That's good. Yeah. I think our kids do learn more about us when we're in the low points and how we handle that. For sure. Than in the, yeah. on the mountain. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's good for them to see those kind of things and know that everything is not rainbows and ponies and unicorns, you know, um, because they're going to walk through difficult times as well. As right. a matter of fact, our, one of our, um, our daughter that has the four children, she had, uh, our third grandson was born premature and she spent time in the NICU. And never would I have wanted my children to walk through that experience that I had. But God, in his infinite wisdom, gave me that insight so I could walk her through that time. Yeah. Did that bring, did that trigger you at all? Did that bring back some hard things? Yeah, it, it was, it was difficult at first, especially because we were away in Israel when she had him. Um, so I wasn't there with her at one of the most important times of her life, but my church was there. Mm -hmm. And that's an important part about being a part of a, a church body is they've, the church carried us through all those times when Rachel was sick, the people of the church were, were a huge part of what we went through when the cardiac arrest happened all those, there were people that were bringing meals and praying over Rob and standing in the hospital with him. And, and then when Sarah went into premature labor, they came and surrounded her because they knew that I couldn't be there. And I just, I'm so thankful for the churches that I've been a part of and the church that I have now, because they have, have, they've stood in the gap that I've needed them to. Yeah. You know, um, it, what you're sharing is such a beautiful picture of how God uses our pain. <laughs> he never wastes it. And the comfort that he gives us is then in our hearts to comfort other people. And that's in second Corinthians one, four, 
God who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. And how beautiful that the painful time you went through of your own firstborn and your own months of the NICU and the, all of those things that the exact comfort you received, you were able to speak those words of peace and help for your own daughter. There, mm-hmm. there is true beauty in that. It's pretty amazing. It, and you're right. He doesn't waste anything. And, and I'm, so, I'm so very thankful for that. And I, I try very hard not to take that for granted. You mentioned that um, going through this kind of helped you see other people differently and have more empathy towards them. Talk about that a little bit. Well, a kind of a strange example is I used to get very aggravated at people who used handicap stalls when they didn't look like they were handicapped. Mm -hmm. And there for a while I had to, I was that person. It doesn't look like anything's wrong with me, but it, it was a difficult time and I was recuperating. So I was like, well, you know, you can't just look at that person and look at that cover and think that you've got them all figured out. You have no idea what's going on behind the scenes. And so it gave me a little bit more empathy and understanding um, for, for people and their circumstances and made me stop and think, okay, maybe there's something going on in their life that you don't really know about and maybe you should help them and maybe you should be more understanding or pray for them or give them a little bit of a break, you know? Um, so I, I try very hard to, to see people for who they are and, and what they might be going through than just to look at them and go and think that they're being selfish. Yeah. It's really good. And I'm sure nobody would have thought when they were seeing you at, let's say, you know, just a few months after your cardiac arrest, there would have been no way for someone to know, oh, she looks like she's recovering from a cardiac arrest. There would have been nothing on the outside to indicate that. And so just like you said, we just never know. What is the story that someone's carrying inside them? And the empathy that you have learned to have, that's something we, we all need. We need that in every day. Yeah. It's not like you're walking around with crutches or something where people can tell. So we don't always know what other people are going through. Mm-hmm. Right. You can't, you can't see pain and hurt. You just, you know, and sometimes a smile will cover it. But, you know, sometimes that there, there's anger and bitterness in a person. Mm-hmm. And you have to, you have to think about where did that come from? What are they going through? Try to have understanding for them. Yeah, I don't always have it. I'll, I'm, I'm not saying that. You're not. But... Perfect. <laughs> hey, if you figure out being perfect, let us know. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> totally not there. <laughs> but it, it does give you a different perspective. On, on how you look at people and how you see people and how you think about things. Yeah. So without going through those hard things, you wouldn't be the person that you are today. Exactly. 
You know, I wouldn't want any of the trials. I don't want them. None of us want the trials. But then when we literally say, I'm who I am today, because God took me through that and he carried me every step of the way. I mean, I still don't like trials, <laughs> but I can see, wow, I can see the things that he has done in me that are beautiful because of the mm -hmm. trials. So right. it's a mystery. It's a mystery. He works all things together for our good. Like Romans 8 says, he works things that are not beautiful and brings beauty. He just is an amazing, faithful God that we serve. Right. And I, I look back at those times and, and those are really the times that I'm closest. It, it, now, right after the cardiac arrest, I wasn't, but it has, it brought me to a place where I, I've been closer to the Lord when you truly have to rely and depend only on him, when he's all you really have, um, then you, you get close to him. Right. Yeah. That's true. So I'm, I'm, I don't like those moments and we, we were walking through some difficult times right now. Um, but I'm also very thankful for those moments because it gives reminders of who he is and the love and, and mercy he has on us. That's really good. That's absolutely right. Oh, Dana, thank you so much for your openness and willingness to talk about something that was um, a really hard time in your life. And thank you for sharing with us and with our listeners about this and listeners today, Maybe you're hearing this story and you're thinking, this was just for me. I, we hope that, that you are being reminded how faithful God is, that he's there for you. He is there for you and you are not alone. And just like he was there for Dana, he's there for you. Whether you're angry at him or whether you're close to him right now, he's, he's there. still there. <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much. We, we just love having this conversation with you. Thank you for inviting me. It was, a, it was just wonderful to be able to share my story and, and my time with you. Thank you, Dana. Bye now. Bye. Thank you. Guys, isn't she amazing? That was like such a great God story. Such a miracle story. And I love her message that he is always faithful and always has the best for us. Even when we're in a dark place, even when we're not listening, when we're angry, he's always there and he's just patiently with us and guiding us along. And I have to say my favorite moment in Dana's story was the miracle moment when Rob thought he was saying goodbye, literally going to say goodbye to his wife, giving her a kiss on the forehead. I love you, Dana. And she opened her eyes and said, I love you too. What a miracle. What a miracle. She's a regular Sleeping Beauty. That's exactly right. We should start calling Dana Sleeping Beauty. <laughs> so true. She also mentioned a couple of resources. If you are interested in um, looking these up for Bible studies, she mentioned the Proverbs 31 woman and also well-watered women. So if you are looking for a good ladies Bible study, you might look up that correctly. And we'll link those in the show notes. So in case you're driving, don't stop to write those down. Just look in the show notes later. 
Everybody, we hope you have a wonderful day and we wish you an amazing 2021. And we hope every two weeks you enjoy listening to Afraid Not this year. And we will be wanting to bring you stories of faith and encouragement to brighten your your days and to help you trust in the Lord more. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.